when I started to tune every fucking one of them out and just focus on what I knew to be true and what my body was telling me, what my intuition was telling me, I allowed myself to trust myself. And when I started trusting my own decisions, even if it was hard, everything still got easier. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the podcast. So today my guest is Lise Wilcox. And what she does is very simple. She helps women make more money. And she does that by talking about the mindset behind money. And today we dive into all of the stories regarding money. You guys have been here a while. You've probably heard me say there is billions of dollars in this world and your job is to go get it. And why a lot of people don't is because of the stories around money. So today, Lisa and I are going to dive into that. You will hear her story. It's so inspirational. Be sure to follow her on all social media platforms and share this, especially with a woman in your life who wants to make more money and perhaps is stopping themselves because of all of the stories. You guys are going to enjoy today's episode. Y'all, for the last, what, 18 minutes? No, it felt like 18 minutes, but it's only been eight minutes. I've been connecting with my new girlfriend, Lise, uh, today. We were talking about how I should have totally taken my last name, LaCure, and ran with it because you created an amazing brand and you're not even a branding girl. You're the fun girl. I'm an all-in-one. I'm like a full-service agency in one. <laughs> you guys, I am joined, uh, joined by Lise Wilcox. She is a money expert, basically. She helps women make more money. I mean, let's be honest. I always you know, help people like with their bio. Like, How can you be so clear with what you do? But yours is crystal fucking clear. It's right out of the gate. I help you make more money. So Lise, would you introduce yourself to my amazing audience? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Lise Wilcox. I help women make more money. And really, that's a fancy way of saying I'm a, a strategic business and life coach. So all around what I have found in the last almost 10 years of being a life and business coach is that the fundamental step most entrepreneurial women miss is looking at their relationship to money. So they do everything possible to move their business forward. They work on their branding, they work on their packaging, they work on their, their strategy and marketing, but they forget to look at their relationship to money. And so when they're in this process of like, you know, for a lot of people taking um, a hobby and turning it into a business, they they don't really actually know how to combine passion with profit. And that starts to create all kinds of unconscious problems, because if you have a tortured or unhealthy relationship with money, as most people do, then it actually starts to self-sabotage as you go forward in your business, because the more money you make, then the more money you spend, or you get really nervous about raising your prices. So what we do, the very first thing is drop it back and foundationally look at 
what is your relationship to money? And then from there, we can make a crystal clear strategy to go forward and do what needs to be done. Mm, yes, I love it. I, you know, the online space is talks a lot about just the mindset and just the strategy. It's one or the other. And, you know, I've been doing this six years now and I tell people no matter what, it's both mindset and strategy, because if you always do not have always both, because if you do not have the mindset unlock, you know, oftentimes people have a hard time and I'm sure you found this as well. It's like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to invest in that part, but I'm like, you're totally like missing the fucking point. Unless you have that unlock, I can make you millions of dollars, but you aren't either A, going to be able to hold it. You're not going to be like, it's just all of the fucking stories that we've all been told. So how did this come about for you? I'm assuming because every single person has this like moment where they're like, oh, fuck, I got to change this. And now you're like so passionate about helping other people do it. Give us a backstory on how you had that come to Jesus moment for yourself. I had a really hard time branding myself because I, I felt for a long time that I was like the wizard of Oz of coaching. It was just like, you come to me and I'll give you exactly what you need. Even if it's not what you thought you needed, I'll just help you walk away. That's really difficult to sell. Especially <laughs> because nobody knows how to look for you. And so, you know, as well as I do, once you're with somebody and you feel their energy, it's like, oh, you're the person that I want to work with, period. Right. But to make myself more marketable and speak more clearly to the women who I really want to work with and who need to work with me too. Um, I kind of looked back over the history of everything I've done in coaching. And one of the byproducts was that even if people came to me for relationship stuff, family stuff, business stuff, branding stuff, healing stuff, one of these wild, consistent byproducts is that they always ended up making more money even if that hadn't been the intention. So I started offering like a, a VIP money breakthrough day where we literally take six to eight hours and we focus only on your relationship to money. And it blew my mind because those were like the most impactful, most resonant days that I was offering. So I kind of started to sit back and I was like, you know, it's the beautiful mind thing where you see all the numbers in the chalkboard in front of you. I was like, oh my God, I help women make more money. Like that's, that's what I do. And I use it as that kind of front door piece because when you get in the front door of like, Hey, I really want to make more money surprise. Once we get in there, you still have to do the work on yourself. You still have to do all the internal work that allows what you want on in your external world to be possible. So from my vantage point, I, I have like a crazy story. There was a, a lot of childhood abuse. There was a lot of childhood trauma and that pattern kept repeating itself in the partners I was choosing in the jobs that I was taking and the pay that I was settling for. I had this like vision for myself and the vision was overwhelmingly small because my self-worth, my self-esteem, my self-confidence was totally decimated. And so post-divorce, I was on my own. I was, I became an entrepreneur overnight because there was all of a sudden no financial support, which was not a part of the plan. I was raising these kids. I all of a sudden got breast cancer. I'm building a business. I, like I'm doing it all at the same time. And I realized that as I did the work and I really came to know, appreciate, love, and accept who I was. As my self-worth went up, my net worth went up too. And so for me, that was the aha moment. It was like, that's the real story behind the story. You know, I grew up wealthy. 
I always felt poor and I lived a kind of poor quote unquote existence, even though it looked really perfect from the outside looking in. So I took everything that I had learned and everything that I had healed and then everything I had studied and I turned it into this multi six figure business to really help other entrepreneurial women do the exact same thing. You know, it's really interesting that a lot of people don't talk about it. You grew up with wealth, yeah. you know, most people feel like when you grow up, I find this very interesting and I'd love to kind of get your take on it. Most people who feel like, oh, well, you grew up with money. You're always, you're like, you're never going to have the money stories. It's interesting that you still had that money story. And that is actually proof what, you know, I believe to be true as well. If you, if you don't feel it, no matter, even if you have it, if you don't feel it, you are probably going to figure out how not to have it it's all in the stats, right? Like we can look at it from this like emotional perspective and it's all true. And then people are like, yeah, but prove it to me. So the proof is- I, lo I love a good stat myself because I'm like, mm, listen, I, I know that there's a lot of woo-woo bullshit out there. So I like to give you the proof. Here's, here's the stats behind the energetics of it. Yes, exactly. I like both. In North America, we know that less than 10% of women will hit the six-figure mark, period. Mm -hmm. We also know that of the 10% who do cross that imaginary six-figure ceiling, only 25% of them will report feeling stable, secure, financially comfortable. So to me, it's like a quick calculation. Um, it's not about the money. It's about how we feel about the money. Because if women have crossed that six-figure ceiling into multiple six and into seven, if you don't have a healthy relationship with money, you won't have a healthy relationship with money, period. It doesn't matter how much you have, nothing will actually ever feel enough or safe or secure for you. So when I was growing up, you know, my dad was a doctor. We lived in a really big Victorian house. We went on fucking ski vacations, okay? This is like, if you want like the white girl starter pack, like the white wealthy girl starter pack, that, that's gonna check off the boxes there. But the messaging that I got at home was, you're not enough. Nothing you will ever do will be good enough. You will never live in a house like this again. Um, nothing is worth it for you. So where my stepsisters were like, again, part of the white girl starter pack, they were riding horses. They went to private school. You know, I'd been working since I was 12 and usually two jobs. And it, it was crazy because my stepmother even contacted my employer and told them to pay me less than they were paying. It was like there was so much financial and narcissistic abuse involved that the messaging I got was like, hey, Lise, you're just, you're not worth it. And so those messages, even though we had these external trappings of ski vacations, like horseback riding, whatever, whatever, the real world that I lived in was like a prison of not enough, not worthy, not good enough. And so that was the story I adopted. So what, and I, and I asked this not just for, you know, you, but I asked this for everyone else who feels um, the not enoughness as well, like the worthiness thing. So my story was like, I always felt like I had to prove it. Like I, like, you know what I mean? Like, like whether it was how much money I was making, what I was doing for a living, you know, how I looked like. I just love that added girl. Like, you're so pretty. You're going to be wealthy. You're going to be like this. You, this is your life. But for me, it was just about getting that external validation. Um, for the other people who are listening to this, who are totally resonating with this, what was it that you felt like you were looking for that you thought you needed in order to be 
worthy, secure, whatever. So two things happened and it happened over a couple of years, but they, I would say these are like the book ending moments. So again, you know, that pattern followed me into, as I said, all, it helped guide my decision-making. And so I, I chose things that really kept me small. I chose relationships that followed that same pattern. And I remember very clearly being in this like big seven bedroom house that my then husband and I owned together. We just renovated the kitchen. There were like 60 square feet of Carrera marble. It was so beautiful. And I'm lying on the floor with my three little girls and they are always perfect, but like I'm lying there with them. I'm looking at this perfect kitchen and I'm looking at this good looking husband. And, you know, again, I had this checklist of like, no, I did everything right. And I was lying there and I was like, I felt like I was drowning on the inside. And if you relate to that, you really relate to that, right? Like, and I remember just being in that moment being like, if this isn't enough for me, what the fuck is wrong with me? And this is a little woo, but I had this like download, I would call it a divine voice, but it was unmistakable. I heard the words, nothing will be enough for you until you are enough for you. 100%. And that was one of those deciding moments of like, I'm going to need to make some changes. So I ended, I called time of death on the marriage, made some changes, sold that house, got a place on my own. Like I kind of started over. And as I said, just a couple of years into what ended up being a really traumatic divorce, I got breast cancer and I was like 36. So, you know, same thing. I, I white privileged, blonde, blue eyes. I had like big boobs. I had like all, I had all the things, right? I got breast cancer. I went completely bald. I lost all of my hair. Um, and the cancer was so aggressive that part of my course of action was to go flat. I didn't want to get um, uh, any implants because there are so many risks involved with that, that I chose to go completely flat. So all of a sudden I was going into events or parties or influencer things, or just living my daily life with no hair to hide behind and no big boobs to do the introduction for me. And I had this moment of like, I'm just going to lead with my light. And when there was nothing else to hide behind, it was like I had no choice but to be who I was. At that time, I was also single. So there were so many messages of like, oh my God, if you couldn't manage to find a husband when you had like long, blonde, wavy hair and double D-sized tits, like what the hell are you going to do now? And it was that radical acceptance of, no, I love this woman. It doesn't matter what she looks like. She's an incredible person. She does X, Y, and Z. She has all these talents, whatever, whatever. But those were like the two bookending moments for me. It was like, no, I'm good. I'm good here. And when that's enough for me, I feel like I can belong anywhere because I belong primarily to myself. Okay. I'm I'm in love with all of that because I totally <laughs> agree with so much of it. But I always want to make sure that people are listening to this podcast and taking away tangibles too. Like you guys, I want you who, those of you who are listening, who are like, yeah, like that all sounds pretty and nice. But Lisa, what was the first step in that? Like people have heard my first steps from where I was, my rock bottom moment. I'm going to kind of have to say that that was probably close to your rock bottom, wasn't it? <laughs> Say that was it. How far you can go than that? Let's be real. And I say that joking, but not because I know what it feels like. And put yourself in the story, guys. You don't have to have breast cancer. You don't have to have like this. You know what I had and all of the things. But like, we've all had those moments. We've all had those rock bottom. Like, fuck, this was not the plan moment. And how do I do something different? Um, what was your first step? How did you get the confidence 
and the wherewithal to know that you could end that marriage? And how did you get to the place that no hair, no breasts by yourself, that you were good? Because I think oftentimes I think people have said to me, like, how do you get that confidence? Like, how do you love it? And I think maybe our stories are a little bit different in on how we did it, but I'd love to know how you did it. It took a long time. I'll, I'll say that, but it's, well, it didn't happen overnight. I'm so confused. <laughs> and you can buy my course for seven. Exactly. Here's the course on how to do it. Follow along for 12 weeks. It'll only cost you a thousand dollars and you'll be fucking fixed. Perfect. And there's no work involved. It's honestly, you'll hardly even notice it. Uh, so I, that's what I would say. It took a lot of time. It was, and I would say the whole thing was like an investment. It was an investment in time. It was an investment in energy. It was an investment in money. Like it was an investment across the board. But if we strip it down, that major transformation that occurred over many years has now just become like the way that I think, right? And the way that I be or the way that I exist, um, doesn't mean I don't have bad days. Like I, I, I obviously do. Are there moments I doubt myself? Of course there are moments because we're still humans, even we've gone through like massive transformation. But when you strip it down to the very, very, very beginning, I remember looking at myself in the mirror for the first time and truly seeing myself and like looking into my eyes as if they were somebody else's eyes. And I started speaking to myself in a way nobody had ever spoken to me before. So it was like this. And it, if you haven't done this kind of mirror work before, it feels really weird and kind of fucked up at the beginning. But, you know, now looking back, I can't imagine it being any other way. But I would look at myself in the mirror and I'd be like, I'm really proud of you. And I know that you are struggling and I'm here to tell you I'll be here with you. I mean, you may have felt abandoned and rejected and less than in the past, but I've been with you since you were born. I'm going to be with you until you die. Like I've got you. And it was like, I think I started to bear witness to my own experience and that felt so validating. I had been, and I think we share a lot in common with our stories that I'd been looking for somebody else to kind of make it better for me. I'd look, I'd been looking for somebody else to come and be like, oh, I see you. To like, don't worry. If nobody else sees you, I see you and I appreciate you. I gave myself that gift and it started simply by looking myself in the mirror. And what that did was that it cultivated that. I don't know what your take on this, but I think we all have that confidence within us. It's a matter of like fanning the flame, right? To like grow that ember. And for me, that confidence was paired with self-trust. And when I started to tune every fucking one of them out and just focus on what I knew to be true and what my body was telling me, what my intuition was telling me, I allowed myself to trust myself. And when I started trusting my own decisions, even if it was hard, everything still got easier. Yeah. You guys, so I want you to hear that. I I haven't talked a lot about mirror work because that's not one of the things that I did, but I totally do believe in it. But it's the same shit. I reprogrammed every one of my thoughts. I mean, I literally created my life on a sticky note. I journaled like crazy. I found everything that I used to say to myself. And then I literally right behind it wrote out what was real and true or what I wanted to be real and true even before I believed it. And fast forward 15 years, oh fuck, it's exactly how I exist today. So if you are someone who doesn't yet believe, and I'm, I'm sure you're gonna, Lisa's pointing at the screen like, yes, yes. But if you're not watching this on YouTube, you can, you can, you cannot see her do it. But if you're watching on YouTube, she's, she's about to say, yes, that's exactly it. I know it. But 
even if you don't believe it's true in the beginning, because I'm going to tell you, at least probably didn't feel like it was true on day one, but you have to start somewhere and you have to do something different and you have to, you know, people say fake it till you make it. I'm not sure if I a hundred percent believe in that, but you have to do it until it becomes real. And for myself personally, like I found my faith for me, that was like a big part of, we haven't talked about that yet, whether you're God, source, universe, whatever. But for me, it was like that belief that there was someone else beside me that was going to do this with me, but it was reprogramming all of the shit I told myself for 27 years. And I didn't come from, you know, a family like you did that was told you weren't good enough and all of the things. But for me, it was just the stories that I told myself for 27 years. And until I reprogram those stories, it was never going to get better. And the life that I have today could not happen. And the business that I have today could not happen if I wouldn't have started with day one by doing that. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> and so much of this is borrowed from cognitive behavioral therapy, right? right. And like coaches, we're not therapists, but so much of the work overlaps right. to move the dial forward, move the needle. I actually think it's more, I always tell people, I'm like, I have a therapist, I have a coach, but at the end of the day, what I do that's different than a therapist is like, we can talk all day about all the reasons why I know within two seconds, why Lisa was the way she was because of her family bullshit stories. But at the end of the day with coaching for me and what my, I believe to be true in my business and with my clients is like, we take action. Like you have to do something fucking different. We can't just talk about it. We have to do yeah. do something to get to the other side. And so from my perspective, so much of that involves creating internal safety. Correct. So you know, I work a lot with the unconscious and what you're saying, like reprogramming all those thoughts, your unconscious wants to keep you safe in believing to be true what it's always believed to be true. It's just like, it's the fastest course of action for the brain to filter out the 11 million pieces of information it cannot process. We just go back to this unconscious bias that each of us has. Again, that's science. That's not woo. It's like, it's real science. And, um, or it's like the science behind the woo, I guess you could say. Um, and so taking, you know, what you believed to be true and then disproving it, like, okay, here's the story I'm telling myself. And here are the 17 reasons why that story is not true is really confronting. And it's really crucial to do that for yourself, whether, you know, you journaled, I did it in the mirror. I also did it would like do it with audio voice notes. Oh, voice notes for sure. Voice notes are fantastic for someone who processes that way. Yeah, me too. And if journaling, I feel like journaling sometimes throws people off because like, I don't have the discipline or I don't like writing. Okay. then For me, it was just like literally honest to God, a sticky note that I looked at every single day and spoke it out loud every single day. And like, you can speak it into the mirror. You can speak it into your phone. For me, I just spoke it in my phone every single day. I looked at it constantly. People are always like, how does that work? I don't remember to look at it. I'm like, trust me, if you want it bad enough, you'll fucking do it. I totally agree. You can make my screensaver on my laptop. I'm phone yes, I, I still I'm 15 years in and I have my exact life on my screen there yeah. look at Elise and I here we go I am so blessed I have the best life ever like it goes on and on I do this shit I I'm like a walking billboard for everything that I teach because I'm like I, I don't put your put your money where your fucking mouth is you want an amazing life and business do the fucking work it's integrity right it's being <laughs> able to follow through on what you say you're going to do. But yeah, so it's all of that. And I feel like, you know, when you're in a bad relationship and you look back, you're like, oh my God, I should have seen all those red flags as I was going. I feel like when you become, when you get into this really good relationship with yourself, 
all of those tiny little insignificant things. It's like, really, I'm going to speak it out loud. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to look at myself in the mirror. Those are all those little green flags that feel so insignificant at the time. And then you look back and you're like, oh my God, I did it. Like I, I became who I wanted to be. I was in New York uh, last weekend and I love the street art everywhere, but that somebody had painted on the sidewalk dream until it becomes your reality. And like, that's what we're talking about. It's like, how do you create safety within yourself, like, and get your unconscious and your nervous system on board to allow yourself to have a vision that is bigger and different than what you knew to be true. And then what is the actionable work you put in and what, what's the strategy behind it to make that dream your reality? And you both know that's true for your life. It's true for relationships. It's true for your health. It's true for your fucking business. Like it's all, it's all intertwined. And so, you know, for me, when it loops back to money, it's like, so what are those stories that you learned about money and worse that are now consciously and adversely affecting your forward growth? Absolutely. One of my clients was telling me, um, you know, she said to me, she goes, Christina, I think I figured it out. We did a call and we were talking about something. And I said to her, I said something to her and she said, she sent me a message afterwards and she said, oh my God, I don't trust myself to hold this money. She literally has no problem whatsoever making money. Cause I, I just like showed her, I proved it. I was like, how much did you make last year? How much did you make here? Like, can you make money? Like making money sometimes people always confuse, like they can't make money. I'm like, there's so much fucking money. I, I'm one of the people who talk about money quite a bit because I am very lucky. I think what, how my money stories were perhaps different than some is like, I didn't come from money. My family didn't have money, but it was always around money. I was at private. I worked at private country clubs my whole life. When I was, um, my beginning of my golf, uh, career, when I was hosting corporate and charity golf events, I mean, I have clients who are literally billionaires. So I was always around money. So I knew money existed. Like I knew money was around, like I've constantly been around money, but it was like a matter of like believing that, you know, I was good enough for the money. And then for me, it was my faith of being like, Oh fuck, I was born worthy. There's nothing else I can do. You know, duh, I already am. So, okay, let's go. But this client in particular, it was the fact that she did not trust herself and have the confidence that she could like literally hold the money and it wasn't going to go away. There's so many stories with money and you're hundred percent bang on. Well, you know, if you want another statistic, cause I get, okay. I like go down this rabbit hole. I love it. 1974 was the same year that like Skittles were released. The year my husband was born. Skittles came out on the market. Um, the Rubik's cube was invented. No oh, worries. it was also so the funny. first year that women were allowed quote unquote to have a credit card in their wow. name without a co-signer. So, you know, that's I, in the, in the context of human development, 1974 is about 10 seconds ago. So for your client, even though it's no problem to make money yet, yeah, like no shit, she doesn't trust herself to hold money because generations worth of women were told you can't be trusted with money, sweetheart. We have to have a man sign for you on that. You couldn't have a mortgage. You couldn't have a credit card in your own name unless you literally had permission from a male co-signer to have those things. And until like, I think it was 1986, one of the final states to overturn this rule, it was, 19, it, was, it, was it was 86. And um, 
the rule had declared that the husband would be the head and it was the same thing as being the head and master of the household. So even if you owned joint property legally as a married couple and you split, you had no existence as the woman. He was head and master of all the assets in the estate. So all of those money stories that you know, women only could fucking got the right to vote a hundred years ago. So it's like all of those money stories that have been handed down by patriarchal systems have told women, we can't trust you. Sorry, sweet pea. You would have a really, really big, beautiful house, but you were too busy buying lattes and other frivolous things that you were shopping for. It's like, no, those stories aren't true. Those are systemic injustices and systemic misogyny stories that have been passed down to that gets absorbed into our ether of like, oh, I guess I can't trust myself with money. So you have to fight against all of those programs as well, that even if it doesn't feel like you would have had access to that, literally every movie you saw up until probably 2015 had those pervasive messages in them as well. That's so interesting. I've never even thought about that before. Like, I don't know. That is probably very true for some people. For myself, I don't know if that's ever even been a thought. You know, it's a weird deal. Sometimes I think there's certain thoughts that really permeate you. And that's why I think having like someone like yourself or myself or whomever, like someone to help you figure out what your story is about like why you say stuff. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. If you've listened to this podcast a while, you probably heard me talk about my clients. And the reason for that is I'm obsessed with them and they're obsessed with their results. Having been a one-on-one -on -one coach for over five and a half years and being voted the top confidence coach in 2020, I can firmly tell you there is not a faster way to success than having someone hold you consistent, confident, and give you the clarity you need to achieve your personal and professional goals. In 2023, I am doing something that no one else in the coaching industry does, and that's allowing you to have me as your one-on-one -on -one coach for less than $300 a month. So if you've ever thought about one-on-one -on -one coaching and didn't think it was possible for you, I would encourage you to text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362, and I can tell you what it would look like to have you and I together in a one-on-one -on -one coaching capacity for the next year to make sure you are deciding it is your turn to hit the goals that you have decided for in 2023. Again, text me the word coach to 501-222-3362. You can send me a message on Instagram at bchristina or check the show notes for more details. I look forward to hearing from you. Don't you find it true that like most people don't even realize why they're stuck? I think most people just don't think about the reason why they're stuck when it comes to like money, relationship, business, like partners, kids, whatever. I think most people are just walking around clueless, in my opinion. And I say that so kindly in the fact that like the minute you take personal responsibility for your life, I guarantee you my life changed the second I said, holy fuck, it's up to me. Like, the only person that can change my life is me. Yes. Um, here's another stat for you. I'm really glad I <laughs> I'm here for a stat. You guys, this is like, get your fucking whiteboard out day. I love it. <laughs> get a post-it note out because you're going to want to write Get a post-it note. Here we go. <laughs> it, it literally is only 15% of the population that will ever do this kind of work, which means 85% of the population is on autopilot. Now, you know, again, we're two like white women, blonde hair, blue eyes, privilege. It's, it, it can sound really easy for us to say that there are very, very clear systemic injustices and ra like institutional racism that's built into the world that we live in. And of course, 
those obstacles make it more challenging because you're fighting against more odds that are working against you. So that has to be acknowledged. And still, if you look at, you know, 15% of the population are the only ones who are starting to look inwards and figure out like, okay, so I can't change my situation. How do I change my relationship to the situation? Well, the secret is that when you change your relationship to the situation, the situation changes, right? And again, I will say like that is harder for, for specific people and, and it's a little easier for others, but it really does start with looking inward and being like, all right, so what am I going to do to affect change in my own like three foot radius of my own world? Oh, I totally agree with the fact that like, yes, a hundred percent, there's some people, it is harder for some people a hundred percent, but they're also one thing that I always you know, help a client with, I, I'm thinking about my, one of my youngest clients, I was, and she's very, very successful. I said, I want you to find every fucking 18 year old that makes a billion dollars or a hundred million dollars or whatever it is, because I want you to find proof that it is possible. I want you to become obsessed with what you want, that it is possible to exist. You know, you could be someone who came from the absolute worst situation ever, Absolutely. That's going to be so much harder than someone who has an advantage, but go find the fucking proof of someone else in your situation that it happened for become obsessed that it is possible for you because there is people on this planet who have come from horrific situations that have absolutely fucking flourished. So go find those people become obsessed with them. That's my, that's my thought process on it. I do that with almost every aspect of coaching with my clients as well, that it's like, you need to find the conscious proof and you make that person an expander for you. So, you know, even when I was doing kind of more general life coaching, I remember I had a, I had a client who was curvy. She was a little overweight. And she was like, I just, I feel like I just can't go outside because curvy women aren't beautiful. And I was like, okay, I'm curvy and overweight and I'm beautiful. Like you can look at my photos on Instagram if you want inspiration, but then go and find Oprah, you know, go and find old photos of Adele and Mindy Kaling. Like there are so many examples of what you want to believe to be true, to be true, that you have to flood your brain, like flood it, inundate it with messages, visual messages, audio, print, like you have to create this alternative reality of what you want to be true, to be your reality. And you embody it until you feel like Oh yeah, it would be impossible for this to not be true, right? That, no kidding, only 15% of the people of our population does this. That's a lot of work, <laughs> you know? That's a commitment that you're making to yourself to make that to be true. It doesn't happen in three steps. It doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't cost a thousand dollars. It costs like so much more than that. <laughs> but it is entirely possible. You have to want it so badly for yourself and you have to have the compassion and the trust to go slowly and allow the process to unfold in this like divine timing for you. The thing that you said there that I believe to my core is what I preach every single day. Confidence and self-trust is everything. You know, 90% of the people that I will speak with that never end up, you know, either working with me or changing their situation. I don't believe that they don't believe that I can help yes. them. I believe that they don't trust themselves enough to do what it takes. I don't think that they trust themselves enough to believe, you know, are you a person of faith? Yes. Okay. I believe that we are all worthy, period. 
Like you were born worthy, period. So I don't feel like you, like there's nothing possible, no matter how you look, no matter how much money you make, no matter what your status is in this world, you can never like earn more worth, period. You are worthy. That's why I always say like the three pillars of everything I teach, you know, we're trademarked is decision, faith, and action. Like without the faith part, it's so much harder because- It really is. Like you have to believe in something greater than yourself. I don't care if it's God, doorknob, woo-woo, whatever, but you have to believe that there's something, something more powerful than you. Because if you don't believe that you're already worthy, it's a hundred, like a hundred million, if that was a number, times harder because you're always fighting to prove that you're worth it. Like, you know. Buffett is no more worthy than you or I sitting here. And the minute you realize that, things shift. Like it, it's, it's this massive shift that you are already worthy. Money is not that hard to make. But dear God, if you've got the stories and if you do not believe that you're worth it, you will stay broke. So for all of those of you who are afraid to invest in your self-worth and invest in belief in yourself, you're literally costing yourself millions of dollars. I guarantee it. That I find is, I know this is kind of a different rabbit hole, but that- oh, we're here for all of the holes. <laughs> I find that the most challenging part of coaching is that like meeting people where they're at and also showing them that they're already enough and that anything that happens after that is going to be a bonus, right? Um, I'm like you, that I've predominantly, I've built my career doing only one-on-one coaching. And only recently have I started offering group coaching or um, I'm launching a course very soon, specifically because I feel like I have to help get people ready where they're at the point where they can trust themselves enough to make a major decision. Because if you are like, I remember I had a, a, a sales call a number of years ago with somebody who was like, you're totally the coach for me. I'm like, I'm so in, I just, I'm about to get married for the second time. There are more children and stepchildren involved and we don't get along. Like I need so much help figuring this out, but we also just committed to renovating two bathrooms. So I can't afford it at this time. And like, I, I understand money gets spent and budgeted, but it's like, oh no, now you're going have a beautiful shower to go and cry out your problem. You know, it's like we prioritize things so differently because we don't know what is possible for ourselves until we trust ourselves to believe that what we want is possible. And that's like the hardest part, I think, of this profession is like, guys, this isn't smoke and mirrors. If you're a coach of integrity, like we both are, it's not smoke and mirrors. I'm legitimately legitimately going to help you see the world differently because we're going to look at yourself differently. And when we learn to look at yourself differently, then you've built this. It's like you've reestablished this connection with yourself. And that connection is the foundation upon which you build literally every relationship to money, to people, to your business, to whatever. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that I, I completely agree with you. I mean, the, the stories of that, you know, I've been doing this six years now and I've been on hundreds of discovery calls or clarity calls or whatever you want to call them. And the stories that people can kind of come up with over the years in the beginning of your coaching journey, for all of those of you who are listening, that might be, you know, in the same industry that we are in the beginning, it's really hard because if you are a person of integrity and you truly just want to help someone, like, I mean, 
I am very lucky. I've, I've said this a hundred times on this podcast. I don't actually have to do this work. I'm very, very, very lucky. But on the flip side of the coin, I am possessed because I truly do believe that God has given me the ability to do what I do. And he's given me a second chance at life. So I say, I don't have to do it, but at the same time, I also know that like, there's nothing else on the planet I could possibly do besides this work. Um, but it's one of those things that it's like, it hurts my soul so badly in the beginning when I know that I can help a person, but I now also understand that those are, that those are for me will find me. There's no doubt about it. And more like it's almost like that Matthew McConaughey thing where he says like if you need it you will not get it <laughs> if you literally are just there for it and excited for it those will find you and I also understand like again for those beginning coaches like it's like easy for you to say well that it's how it's become easier is because I'm just like I'm fucking here for it I'm doing my part God's doing his part now it's up to you but for those of you who literally might be listening to this and knowing that you need it just take that one step whether it's with me or lease or whomever like take one step to beginning to trust yourself because this work is the greatest work on the planet it can literally solve the money problems it can solve the relationship problems it it can solve all of the pain inside of you problems like it is here for a reason and i we both want you to be the 15 percent like so badly so badly <laughs> I know. It's, it's like it gets it does get a bit obsessive doesn't it? it's like no but you could be no, honest. no trust me this is exactly what you need my therapist one time said christina you're like the crazy crossfitter you talk about the work you do like crazy crossfitters talk about crossfit like crossfit's the best thing ever she's like some people <laughs> fucking hate crossfit and some people hate what you do i'm like that is true that is true they're wrong but they, they would be wrong <laughs> they are wrong <laughs> i mean i respect everybody's opinion except for when they're wrong obviously <laughs> exactly exactly I'm like, nah, you obviously haven't seen this shit it is amazing um so the women that are listening to this, because I know that you, do you work mostly just with women? Yeah, I've worked with men in the past. And then it kind of just became, you know, it's like, I look back again, those little moments from my life. Yeah. I ended up at an all girls residence at university. I went to an all girls camp. I had all girl children. It's like, I got it. I know I'm like looking up at the sky. I'm like, noted i'll just i'll just carry on with the female track then. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. So, um. For the women that you work with, what do you what would be the tangible first or second step if if a woman feels like she's done, she's been doing some self development work on herself, she's been taking some action. When it comes to the money stories, what are like the top one or two money stories that you see for most women? I would say the first one is that it's just not for me. Okay. That it like could never be for me and whatever that is. I think a lot of women do. They have, it's easy to make money. It was always easy for me to make money, but I never thought I was worthy of it. So it's like, I had to get rid of it as soon as it came in. So I think that's a big one. So the first um, thing is just noticing what your money story is, right? Well, so okay. yeah. Let me say this in a better way that the, the first, instead of looking at the top money stories, I yeah. would say like, look at the relationship or look at what your mom taught you about money, either okay. accidentally on purpose look at what your dad or your your strong male figure or your strong female figure like look at what those early role models taught you about money accidentally or on purpose um and then go back and relook at your very first memory with respect to money 
So like, what's your very first core memory? And then you can start to look deeper at how those memories and stories became patterns in your adult life. And the course that I'm offering uh, in September called Loving Money, it's all about this. It's like me walking you through that process of what'd you learn from your mom? What'd you learn from your dad? What'd you learn from yourself? If money were your boyfriend and you were describing that relationship, what would that relationship be like? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? And then how do we move forward from there? But even those top three, what'd you learn from your, your mom? What'd you learn from your dad? And what's your very first memory related to money that will already paint a very clear picture as to why you believe what you believe now. And then from there, you're like, is this something that's serving me or is this something that I'm ready to move on from? Yes, totally agree. 110%. You know, I always say like, you are no longer your parents' stories. So I had great parents, great people, but there's a lot of fucked up shit that my parents, you know, taught me that I no longer want to repeat. You know, I don't have children by choice, but I have decided that I'm going to take what I loved from them and keep rolling with that. But the things that I no longer want to be a part of my life, I have to reprogram those things. And there was a lot of things that I had to reprogram when it came to money. You know, I've never had an issue making money. I've, I've been around money my whole life. I know how to make money, but it's so interesting until I did exactly what Lise was telling me I, until I got really clear. I remember, and I've told this story a hundred times, but I always used to look at a menu for prices. Always. I've always looked at a menu for prices. And I was like, no, nope, don't put the avocado. It's an extra dollar or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. I do not have a thousand dollar problem, let alone a dollar pro, pro <laughs> problem. You know what I mean? But that was a habit that I took from you know, what they chose to do with their life and their thoughts because they didn't reprogram their thoughts. So now my reprogramming is, Christina, you do not have a $1.50 fucking added avocado problem. Now, like literally, like now if we're talking about adding on, you know, a couple tens of thousands of dollars or whatever, I might have to evaluate that. But it's the simplest shit that we have we have taken from our families. And it may be money, it may be relationship, it may be with kids, whatever it is. But you guys just witness that. Like that is a simple thing that you can do. Witness the fact of, do you look at a menu and do you go, oh, I should avo add avocado or not add avocado? If you don't have an all or 50 fucking problem, you should not be looking at that. But someone told you along the lines that you are supposed to do that. Well, and I would argue, and again, another please, rabbit hole. Please, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm here for it. <laughs> I feel like particularly as women, we have grown up with stories of like, it's not okay to do what feels good. So, you know, when I was a little girl, I don't know if this is the case for you too, but it was like, I don't want to invite Michelle to my birthday party, but you have to invite Michelle to your birthday party, but I don't like Michelle. Yes. But if you don't invite Michelle, that'll be unfair. And that won't be nice. It's like, Oh, okay, I'll invite Michelle to the party. You know, it's like from the very, very beginning, we taught like, honestly, sweetheart, put your needs aside and think about other people. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to get avocado because I'm not listening to what feels good for me. You know, does avocado feel great for me to get on this burrito? Fuck yeah, I love avocado. Oh, but I'm not really supposed to feel good. 
And so then I shut it down. And that is an epidemic with women that I, I know we're making a lot of change in this direction, but so many of my clients, so many of my peers, colleagues, whomever, they don't know how to look at what feels good. They don't know what brings them joy. They don't know how to give themselves permission to do the things that feel good for them on their own terms. And that as you can imagine, really starts to affect your money story. Because if you're constantly used to doing what you think you should be doing, instead of what feels really good for you to do, you have a huge internal conflict happening. Yeah. And that could be huge for a relationship and things like that as well, right? Shitting on yourself. I've, I've, I mean, I shit it on myself my whole entire life. Why, why did I play golf? Why did I, you know, chase the dollar? Why did I do the television career? Well, because I should, that is going to bring me happiness. That is going to bring me money. You should be doing that, you know, and it was really until I got super clear on like, what do I actually want out of my life? You know, (laughs) like, what do I actually want? Like get super, there's, there comes a time where you have to get so unbelievably selfish in order to be selfless. Like I'm very selfish, but it allows me to be selfless. But it's so interesting, like, and again, I'm a, I'm a total word nerd. It's like, yeah. for you to be selfless, it means you are without self. We don't want that. We want you to be who you are. But we put these this connotation of like, oh, selfish is bad. That means to be of yourself is a bad thing. And to be without yourself is a good thing. Um, that's fucked. Like, you're yeah. like what is exactly. fucked up. So like, yeah, if you're being selfish, forget what, the meaning that we've learned behind that word is go back to the root. It means to be of yourself. We applaud that. We want you to be of yourself. We don't want you to be of somebody else or constantly abandoning yourself in favor of somebody else, right? It's about coming back to what feels good for me. What do I want my life to look like? There's no fucking dress rehearsal. Like, what do you want it to look like? How do you want it to feel? And then how do we take the action that allows you to go forward and do those things versus the myriad of stories that somebody else has told you or shown you is the right way. You're actually allowed to give yourself the permission to do it your way. But first you have to give yourself that permission. And that starts, I agree with you. It starts with clarity. Like you have to really get crystal fucking clear on like, does this feel good? Like, what do I even want? If you don't have clarity, I mean, you can be confident as you want. Like I actually have a client right now and she's confident as shit but like where why she's so stuck right now and she'd be the first person to say it is because she's not clear yeah it's so hard to get where you want to go when you're not clear I mean confident people I guarantee you if I'm clear on something there is nothing that will stop me from getting it when I even my personal self when I even feel a bit of like resistance or anything like that it's because I'm just not clear on what I want I can create anything I want in this life because I just know that I'll get it I'm that confident in myself I have that much self-trust but when I feel stuck it's probably just because I'm not clear on what I actually want so clarity is huge I had a client recently who um she's she's in corporate. So she has like, a. she's not an entrepreneur. She has a different trajectory. She does really well. Right. And she likes her job. She's happy and all that stuff. But one of her biggest challenges was like, "Ah, I don't have a dream. Like I don't have this big dream and all this big vision that people are talking about. And so our work was like, no, your dream is to live the simplest life as fucking possible. Yep. It's the big dream to be able to have time on the weekend to garden and to spend time on 
you know, Saturday morning on your porch with coffee and like stripping down the, like, you need to dream so big. It scares you. Well, her big dream was so scary because all she wanted was to be at home in her garden. It's like, oh, so that's the clarity. You just, you were never allowed to want that. So once you like free up all those cobwebs of the stories that tell you, you're not allowed to want what you want and get into this, like, but you want what you want for a reason. And let's just say for the sake of argument that you are divinely supported in having what you want. And maybe for example, you want what you want for a reason. And that's like a part of your overall connection to the whole world, blah, blah, blah. Like it's okay for you to trust that little message that you're getting inside and then put your action behind why like to amplify it. I totally agree. I mean, in my, in my case, even myself personally, I mean, so many people are so confused on why I only do the one-on-one model and why I, I like, I, have like, I mean, I have every opportunity in the world to just, you know, be blowing and going and doing all the things. And I'm like, mm, I a hundred percent love my fucking life. Like I play golf once a week with my old guys. I have the weekends with my husband. I fucking love my life. And there, you, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't go away tomorrow. But if it does, I guarantee you not one person who knows me personally will say, man, she didn't, you know, she didn't do what she wanted to do. No, I a hundred percent. And that, I have the permission to be able to change that whenever I want. If something changes, whatever, I get to make that decision. But right now, I literally have the best life ever because I decided and I'm so confident and so clear on what makes me happy. And those two things, in my personal opinion, change the game. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for reaching out to do a podcast. I'm like so grateful that we get to know each other and get to exist in each other's worlds. Um, For those of my audience who want to get to know you more and hear more about your course and like all of the things that you're doing in this world, where do they find you? What do you do? Tell us all of the things. <laughs> so the hub is my website, leesewilcox.com, L-E-I-S-S-E, wilcox.com. Um, and right now I have like a, a free download there that's, I think it's really fun because it kind of gets people in the door. I show you how to strategically price yourself and actually figure out like how much you want to make and then how to go through this really simple process as to how to really just put that into action. Um, so that's fun. If you want to check that out, um, I'm on Instagram every day. I just started threads. Have you joined threads? I put two out there. I'm not, (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I I'm probably not. I am. I have been every single day, nonstop for like six years on Instagram. It's what I love. It's where I hang out. I, I make a good living on it and I get to connect with great people. I do have my team doing like Facebook and YouTube and fucking TikTok, which I don't even own the fucking app. So no wonder it sucks. Um, but you know, we could still, you could still view it, but yeah. will I stick with threads or not? I don't know. Maybe I actually don't think it's that I actually quite, I like it more than I like anything that's come out thus far. So I'll say yeah. that. What about you? I'm on threads, but it's because I'm on Instagram. And so when Instagram community follows you, like I wasn't on Twitter. Um, I used to do Twitter a long time ago because of my sports world. So like because of sports, I think sports, I don't know, sports and politics are probably the two for, for, uh, for Twitter, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think they're going to start dominating threads as well. But right now it's just like, oh, thank God we have a place to go. Now that Twitter sucks. So yeah, I use threads, but I'm, I'm really heavily active on Instagram as well. Um, and then everything else is on my website. Fabulous. And then your course is coming out this fall. Yeah, it comes out this fall and it's called loving money. And it, it is, we were just teasing that like nothing is as simple as three steps. Yeah. I guarantee that I can take your money anxiety down like by 50% in seven days. And it's because we look at the emotional side of your relationship to money. So that'll be available on site as well um, in September. 
Fabulous. Thank you for being here. Thank you. You guys, please, please, please go follow Lise right now. She might still be on threads by the time. (laughs) Or maybe not, but she will be on Instagram. So go check her out there. You guys, thank you so much. Don't ever forget you have the power to decide. It's your turn, even about the money stories. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, girl. I love it. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.